Welcome to Pushback. I'm Aaron Maté. The U.S. continues to seek the extradition of WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, even as a critical part of its case has fallen apart. In a new interview, the key witness for the U.S. extradition attempt has admitted that he fabricated critical parts of his testimony. Well, joining me now is the journalist who broke this story. Biatmar Alexanderson is a reporter with the Icelandic newspaper Stunden. Biatmar, welcome to Pushback. Thank you. So tell us who this key witness is, uh, Sigurdur Thordarsson, and what he admitted to you. Well, <laughs> that, that's a, a long story he has. Um, basically, his name is Sigur Inki Thordarsson, but he's actually changed it to Sigurdur Thordarsson. Uh, so, um, but it's a common thing among criminals here in Iceland to change the names a little bit. Um, he's, he's born and, and is an Icelandic citizen, and he's also named Sigge the Hacker. He's known, known by that name also. Although that name doesn't really fit, since uh, according to our, our investigation, he has actually no hacking skills. Even in chat logs that we have at Stunten shows that he's actually asking the FBI for assistance to get a video of a, a mobile phone. So he has not so much talent in, in that field. Well, Sikke is actually a former WikiLeaks um, uh, volunteer. And, and he actually went to the U.S. Embassy on the 23rd of August of 2011 to become, become an FBI informant for the U.S. government. So he actually alleged, uh, according to the indictment and according to his testimony through the indictment, that uh, Julian Assange uh, did some hacking and actually... Uh, in, in the indictment, you can see how um, it, it tells that Julian and Sikye did things together. And the, the strange part about the indictment and what he tells me is that it, it doesn't fit. And we, we can go into these details later if you want to, but it's this character is, uh, is actually uh, has been charged and convicted uh, for for perpetrating against young, young boys down to 15 years old. And he's also uh, a con artist here. He's actually been uh, charged and convicted for embezzling funds from uh, several companies and individuals here in Iceland. And also from WikiLeaks, a total of 50,000 United States dollar. Well, it, it didn't stop there. He was convicted in 2014 for these crimes, but his crime spree continued. and specifically after he became uh, an FBI informant and got an immunity agreement, uh, his crime spree continued here in Iceland. All right, so when the British judge overseeing Assange's extradition ruled on the U.S. effort to extradite him, the judge basically accepted all the allegations made against Assange and only ruled against the U.S. on narrow medical grounds. So how critical was this supposed witness's testimony to the U.S. indictment and also to the judge's ruling in basically accepting the U.S. claims? Uh, well, the, the judge is the only one who could actually comment on that. But um, according to legal experts who have spoken out 
regarding this issue, since I'm not a legal expert, um, they have said that this is critical to the U.S. case, uh, that, that, that they are trying to change um, Julian Assange from a journalist to a hacker. And that's quite significant because the Obama administration had the so-called New York Times problem, where they could not basically go after Julian Assange because they would then have to go after every other investigative journalist, uh, which, which, which would have printed or published any, any government secrets. So the indictment needed a change, and the Trump administration actually did that. Uh, they brought up the testimony of Siggy, which he already have, had given to the FBI back in 2011. So in 2019, they came back here to Iceland to interrogate Siggy and, and made him a witness. And a few months later, he was out in Washington, D.C. to Washington, sorry, to, to sign a immunity agreement with the FBI. So um, and, and here we have now he's telling me that that stories about what happened down with WikiLeaks and and about these cases that doesn't fit the indictment. It's it's it, it just doesn't fit. Right. So I know it's a long story, but what are the key claims that were attributed to him in the indictment that he is now well, uh, recanting basically to you? Yeah, well, it, it's the first thing I saw, the difference between the indictment and also what he tells me is that uh, regarding the ha hacking of the phone conversations of I members of the Icelandic parliament. Well, um, there was no hacking because Siki told me that he got a USB stick from a third party, which he then put into his computer. And when I asked him if he took a look at them or listened to them, he said he did not. I asked him if he could confirm that these was actually audio files. He could not confirm that either. He said that he never checked these files, that he just gave them directly to Assange. So that doesn't make sense in, in, in case of the indictment. So what he's telling me has is, is completely different from the indictment. Uh, the second thing is also that he's being, Assange being charged of using uh, an account uh, from the search and rescue teams to be able to follow uh, uh, the the police vehicles here in Iceland. Well, actually, Siki told me that this account was his since he was in the search and rescue. So he, they didn't hack any accounts. Siki just gave Assange the account, and there's no from all the evidence that we have that show that he actually used this account. So there was no hacking there. Thirdly, it's about the Landsbanki uh, documents. It's basically a bank in Iceland called Landsbankin. And after the financial collapse here in 2008, where basically all banks went down, um, it was a big story to get to know uh, for every journalist in Iceland who the bank was loaning money to. And, and eventually we knew that they were loaning money to their, their owners. But um, this Landsbankin document was actually in circulation months before Siki even got it. It, many Icelandic journalists had this, but it was decrypted. So there was no hacking of any banking documents either. So it, it's just these indictment cases doesn't make sense. And you obtained some chat, some chat logs that mm -hmm. Siggy provided to you that give us a window into his actual role in WikiLeaks or in reality lack thereof, because it's been suggested that he played, he was some critical figure, but really the chat logs reveal that that is a farce and other key details about 
uh, whether or not WikiLeaks was even aware of his activities. Can you talk about what these chat logs were and what they revealed? Yeah, I mean, actually, Siki gave us a lot of information, um, including chat logs. And you can see there where he is basically, you know, lying about his position. He he tells people that he's in basically second in command, that he's the PR manager for WikiLeaks, that he's uh, in charge of all WikiLeaks volunteers and, 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 and so on and so on. But his role was just a volunteer and, 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 and a limited role. Uh, he was at, at their site in England. He went there and everything, but a lot of volunteers did that also. But it, his work was limited. But how he spoke to uh, other individuals online shows that he was actually a little bit inflaming his situation, just tiny bit. Um, and um, <clears throat> he even used uh, this uh, in, in, in the chat logs that we have where he's speaking to several of his victims um, in, in the sexual assault cases. Well, he actually is speaking to the victims and telling them how big he is inside the WikiLeaks. So it's not, it's, it's everywhere where he is just inflaming his situation and thinks that he is the main man of WikiLeaks. And even when he's speaking to, um, to Sabu or Kyla, which were members of the LULSEC uh, hacking group, I mean, there's no indication that anybody else is is speaking to these people or having any sort of um, a conversation about hacking. So it's it's he's the only character who's actually asking people to attack um, um, institution here in Iceland and try to get some information from institutions here in Iceland. And 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 that's also in the indictment that 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 they were actually trying to get some information from the the parliament and so on. The, the only individual who was trying to get it was actually Siki. And when I asked him if Julian Assange ever asked him to ask these hackers to, to attack these government institutions here in Iceland or trying to get some documents, he said, no, he never asked me. And this hacker, Sabu, who you mentioned, he turned out to be mm -hmm. an FBI informant. Exactly. On the 6th of June, Sapu was actually arrested by the FBI and became an FBI informant. And there's a, actually a funny conversation between Sapu and, and, and Siki, which we have, where they're trying to, when after Siki became an FBI informant also, where they're both trying to entrap one another as both FBI informants. They don't know that they're, they're both working for FBI. So it's, it's, it's really funny to see the conversation, how they're trying to trapping one another. But it's, it's yeah, Sapu was an FBI informant. Even when um, uh, the LULSEC group was attacking, uh, making DDoS attacks on Icelandic institutions. So th they were doing these cyber attacks under the watchful eye of the FBI. And then later, a few months after that, the FBI came to Iceland and said, well, we need to help you guys out here and investigate something in the country because we believe that hackers who are working for WikiLeaks are actually uh, planning an attack. And there was no attack because... Siki was the only guy who was, was asking Sapu or Kaila or Lulsek members to attack any institutions here in Iceland. So when the U.S. came to Iceland to do that, that was just their way of using that as an excuse to go after Assange? Exactly. The, the thing is that we have actually, you have to get a legal permission from the Minister of, of Justice here in Iceland for any uh, foreign police um, you know, institution like the FBI to be able to work here. 
and they apply for a work basically to be able to work any police job here they actually said that they were going to help out the Icelandic government to to stop a cyber attack when indeed they were only here to investigate WikiLeaks and Julian Assange and interrogate Siki the hacker so it's it's it, they basically lied and our former minister of interior actually kicked them out of the country when he figured this out have any major U.S. media outlets contacted you about your scoop? Uh, well, not U.S. outlets, no. But we have been working with several European outlets, and 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 I have to say this: this takes time. This is a, a ten-year story. There's a lot of documentations. I mean, we have around twelve to twenty thousand um, documents that we we went over. And, um, and we haven't even gone over everything because we're still working on this. And uh, But there have been several inst uh, big media operations who have contacted us from Europe. Right. But the U.S. right now is overseeing the persecution of Assange. It's seeking its extradition. And I've just been struck by the fact that your revelation, your scoop, that a key witness in the Assange case fabricated key parts of his testimony. It's gotten, to my knowledge, no mainstream coverage in the U.S., no, not much. I can't. I can't say so. But uh, you know, for for a little bit of defense for my colleagues, I mean, th this is a tough story, and I believe that in in the next few weeks, uh, this story will be broken in the U.S. I I don't think they are stopping this. I don't think they're not doing it because of some mainstream media, you know, outlet. It's I I don't believe that. But you know, this takes time. And 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 for them to to look at a small newspaper in Iceland and just take the word for it, I, I would not even do it myself, an investigative journalist. I would have to double check everything, work with the paper and everything and so on. And that's what we're doing with a lot of uh, big European uh, companies or, you know, media outlets in Europe. They're, they're the first one who have started this. And how about the fallout in Iceland? Has there been any reaction to new to new revelations that the U.S. basically fooled? Icelandic officials in their efforts to persecute Assange? Well, a little bit. Not much. But, I mean, you know, we knew that they were fooling us back in 2013 when the Minister of Interior said so, that this was based on on a lie. And and, and in, 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 in the Icelandic article of Sigi the Hacker, you, there's actually an interview, uh, which we will now uh, translate, put an English subtitle on as soon as we get to that, um, where he states that this was just, uh, uh, there's no evidence that, that this was happening, what the FBI was telling us. And uh, the funny thing also is that in the U.S. indictment, all these crimes are supposed to have happened in Iceland. But the problem is there was never an Icelandic police investigation of any of these crimes. So it's it's really strange to think that the U.S. are actually trying to get a man convicted for some crimes that happened in Iceland that that the local police are not and have never investigated. And in the aftermath of your story, the Biden administration continues to press forward with its extradition attempt. There was just this submission to the U.K. court where the U.S. said that if Assange is convicted, he can serve out his uh, term in Australia. Assange's partner, Stella Morris, pointed out that uh, whether that is true or not, the U.S. could delay this case for years and years and years, making the issue of his ultimate sentence 
an issue far in the future, possibly a decade or so or longer from now. And they're also saying that they're promising that they, he won't be subjected to imprisonment in a supermax prison. But again, there are ways out of that as well. What is your reaction to the U.S. continuing to press forward with this extradition attempt, even after you've just shown that their key witness fabricated key parts of his testimony? I mean, well, I can only comment on what I have read. And, and, and as, a, as you said, a New York, the New York Times actually published an article telling this, that, that they are, are planning to be giving him the chance to take out his sentence in, in Australia. Um, I don't know what, what the U.S. are planning here. Um, I mean, this is something new. Um, I mean, we just got the news from England that uh, the U.S. will be able to... Um, uh, take up the case again in, in the English courts, but th they only can take up three out of the five cases they, that they wanted to do. Um, so, I mean, only I think the courts can answer this question uh, eventually. Um, legal experts have pointed out that this is um, kind of a, a, a move from the DOJ uh, or, or the Department of Justice in the U.S., Kind of a desperate move. Some have said that. It's, it's not my opinion, but it's 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 it's. We, I think we just have to wait and see what what will happen regarding the um, appeal that the U.S. can now make on the case in England. Any final words for us? What you're working on next in the story, and what you're looking towards in the case of uh, Julian Assange in the coming weeks? Well, uh, first of all, we want to know how badly the FBI tricked the Icelandic authorities. We want to know exactly what happened, how they gain access to the country on, on this, this false cyber attack warning, and how actually the Icelandic government have been working with the FBI on this Julian Assange case. Because here in Iceland, actually, um, the, the prime minister actually was trying to put a law through the parliament here to protect uh, whistleblowers. So we, we, we really want to know why, the, why the, the Icelandic government would be working with the U.S. government on something that we do not agree on, that we, 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 ha we, ha we cannot forget that um, the leaks which came from WikiLeaks in 2010 and 2011, all major news outlets published in the world, was about U.S. war crimes we would not have known about what was actually happening in Iraq and, and Afghanistan. We would not have known that the U.S. military actually killed journalists. So uh, we would not have known all about all these things in Guantanamo Bay. And, and it's so much information that the U.S. government was hiding from the world, and it's specifically his, their own citizens, uh, on, on what they were doing in, in, in a war zone. So, uh, you know, again... I, I don't know where this case will end. We will try to track it down as much as we can. We will try to get everything from the English, from our Icelandic story back to English because there's a lot of, 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 of information we have to translate. But we, we will try to do our best and, and, and get some audio tapes from the interview online and also the interview with the, the former interior minister who was at the time working with the FBI. And, and try to get as much information to the foreign media. And, and, and as I again say, I can understand a little bit why my colleagues in, in, in the United States are taking their time, because this is a big case and you have to get it completely right. Because we have seen some um, news which has now gone out, which is not completely right. 
And um, uh, for example, you know, in, in, in few media outlets, and it's based on an old story uh, from Wired, it says that Siggy got paid $5,000 from the FBI for becoming an informant from some information he gave them, some hard drives. Well, that, that's absolutely untrue. The, the FBI only paid for travel expenses for Siggy to come to be able to be interviewed. So uh, we just want this story to be want, be always be 100% correct and 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 no no mistakes will be made in in that. Biatmar Alexanderson, uh, congratulations on this scoop. It's an incredible feat of reporting and I do hope that it does reach an even wider audience uh, in the coming weeks because it truly is historic, I think, what you've uncovered. Biatmar Alexanderson, a reporter with the Icelandic newspaper Stunden, thank you very much. Thank you.